Hello and greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Real Resilience Podcast with me, your host, Matthew Lestalia. In the next two hours, you're going to discover why the practice of visualization does not work. You're going to find out why creating and setting goals is actually counterproductive. And we're going to get a special sneak peek for an audio series that's discussing the eight things that are holding you back from the life that you've always dreamed about. This series is being released today with a special offer for the listeners of this show and this show only. So who are we taking this journey with today? It's the world's truly most interesting man. His name's Terry Fossil. Terry is a man who was the executive officer for a nuclear, a group of nuclear B-52 bombers during the Cold War. He's also a global adventurer. He hunted caribou with the Inuits in the Arctic Circle, like deep in the Arctic Circle. And uh, he also went solo adventuring in Death Valley. That's a story we definitely dive into into this show. And he's even gone swimming in the Amazon, you know, with your friendly neighborhood piranhas. He's also, uh, he's represented the Boy Scouts of America on a primetime Fox survival reality competition. He's a black belt in Taekwondo and he's a three-time Korean Taekwondo champion. He's an award-winning actor, producer, and host. The Best Supporting Actor Award was given to him at the 2021 Christian Film Festival. He's also a number one best-selling author on the Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble for his book, The Oxcart Technique, which we absolutely dive into in this show. And we talk a little bit of behind-the-scenes authorship and what it takes to be number one. Um, he's an international philanthropist across the world with projects here in the U.S. and also in Rwanda and Malawi. I hope that's how you say that. I think so. Um, perhaps the most interesting part of this most interesting man is that he completely retired from an incredibly successful sales training organization that I'm, if I remember correctly, he's, he helped found this organization. And, uh, and he did so for a peculiar and unexpected reason. You would think that somebody with this pedigree that we've just gone through would be kind of self-interested and adrenaline junkie and has to go out there and keep going and going and going. And to a certain extent, this is a little bit true for Terry, but he's also one of the most grounded people that I've ever met in my life. Um, and this, this story is, is kind of the embodiment of that. Um, he retired from this role um and from this extremely lucrative position to raise his three stepsons he wanted to make sure that they were getting all of the the what he saw to be the right values and principles that would ensure that you know their transition and their maturation into young men was successful and that they would be set up for the world and that really mattered to terry and so he didn't just put focus on it he dropped everything he knew he had enough money and he was in a position to do so which is which is very powerful so without further ado let us let's dive in let's meet and it's terry actually Fossil. part of that keeps me safe because um, it gets me outside the best days the best days and, and this might go into some of the stuff that you talk about but uh, I try to structure my day in a way that makes sense for me. And that is, I want to get outside as early as I can. Speak of the devil. Moose, hey, 
Hey, Buddy, you want to make it, that big old Brutus? You want to make an early hey. appearance? Moose, come here. Hey, you want to show for the first? That big old boy. Come here. That is a beautiful dog. Oh my gosh! And he loves right, your That <laughs> oh, but wait, there's still more. Harper. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Oh, that's a good girl. There we go. We taught her the pirate trick. Yeah, yeah. I that said, you a, want to, I said, uh, Harper, want a cracker? And then she jumps up. <laughs> uh, that's a it's the little, little things. Thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, they're my partners in crime. They hang out with me here every day. <laughs> love it. Love it. I actually uh, put but, mine out of this room here. And they're, they're one of them, especially he's a little pissed right now. He's like, Dad. Yes, I know. I've, I've learned I can't, I can't kick off interviews uh, with the door closed because they will be more disruptive outside saying, dude. This is not how we operate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. At any rate, at any rate, um, so what I've been doing on the show, first off, thank you everyone for coming and checking out the show. Real Resilience here with Matthew Vestalia. Uh, I have been on a mission as of late. The last six, seven episodes, you guys all know you've been here. You've been watching. If you're brand new, welcome. We'd love to have you. Um, but it's all been about expanding my own knowledge, my own awareness of, of the human capacity and human ability in the world. You all know that I, I pursue this through the, the mental mindset portion of looking at resilience and how we can overcome obstacles in order to achieve the things that we were destined to achieve or the things that we're just capable of achieving. And so that's been my mission. And I've, I realized that I was operating in a vacuum for far too long. And as much as I spent time reading research reports and, and writing my talks and creating my lesson plans uh, for, my, for my training projects, I, I needed to expand my mind in a more thorough way because there's something that happens in a conversation that does not happen when you're sitting there reading a report or looking through a case study. And... There, there's a magic and there's a dynamic, uh, a, a magic dynamic to it that that I love and, it, and it, it actually fills me up with passion and joy. And today I get to get that part of my emotional business love tank filled with my partner in crime, Terry Fossum. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll be your partner in crime any day of the week, my friend. The beautiful part, there's always... um. There's always an interesting different level of connection for for people who have some sort of a shared background. And depending on the <laughs> to me, it always comes down to suck. It always comes down to how much did something absolutely drain from you and, and demand from you and how how much trials and tribulations you had to go through during it. And so if if two people worked at the same marketing agency five years ago and they met up again, they'd probably say, oh, hey, it's really nice to see you. That's cool. How's the family? All right, that's great. And then they'd move on. Um, Terry and I share military background. We never served together. We weren't even in the same branch of the military. But the cool thing is that it doesn't matter. Like our level of connection, even just from that point alone, is stronger than than those people that were in the marketing uh division together at the same place at the same time that actually work together uh just because of that suck <laughs> and yeah. so and, th and that is 
Terry has done so much, and you, dude, you've done so much since then that it, that's got to feel like a ancient history like chapter for you because your list of accomplishments is through the roof. Just for everyone's, for the audiences, uh, give them a little bit of perspective. Give us the like the one over fifty thousand view of of your life shifting kind of into your purpose. I, I repeat the question for me. Sure, sure. Just uh, I'm looking for a little bit of like, uh, like your pedigree. Like what are what are the things that you accomplished? What were you trying to set out to do early on? How did that progress and change over time? Um, just just kind of the high level stuff. We'll definitely dive into the details as we go. Well, I I think you know I've I've led uh, quite a diverse past, quite a diverse life. Uh, I can't hold down a hobby. Here's the the bottom line. Uh, you know, yeah, certainly did the military thing. It was the uh, executive officer for an entire group of nuclear B fifty two bombers uh, during the Cold War. So uh, got to play that game. Uh, got out of there. Got into business, direct sales. Uh, which for, coming from a guy who's a mechanical engineering graduate and a nuclear warfare officer. Sales isn't normally in your background, um, but that has nothing to do with anything. It's what do you want to accomplish and will you find a way? And was very, very blessed to build sales teams all, all around the globe. Um, actually retired from that when I married into three teenage and preteen boys. So as soon as I did that, I saw that they, they needed a positive male role model, especially one of them. And, um, but they all did. And so I called up my business partner and said, guess what? I just retired. And they're like, wait, what? I, I just retired. Like, we're making a lot of money here. I know. I can always make money. There's always a way to make money. I got one chance to turn these boys into honorable men, and I'm not going to blow it. So wow. it became their scoutmaster. Well, that's, you know, it's all about what's really important in life, you know? And uh, you can make all the money in the world, but if you screw up your relationships doing it, and especially the ones that are the most important, then it's not worth it. Um, so I, I was here to uh, walk them to the bus stop every morning. And um, I was here when they got home from school, whether they liked it or not. Now, fast forward a few years, I was their scoutmaster uh, and the whole thing. And uh, they were turned 18. The younger two got their Eagle Scout. They're all moving on to different things, uh, military and, and otherwise. And uh, I was praying every single morning I wake up. I uh, First of all, my first thought on my head is, thank you, God, for the gifts you've given me. Please help me use them in your service. Every single morning. That is the first thought out of my head. Thank you, God, for the gifts you've given me. Let's be thankful here, man. You know, let's not be arrogant. <laughs> they are gifts and they were given to you. Please help me use them for your service. Um, so at that point, I'm going, okay, God, you know, I'd retired. What, what do you want me to do next? Whatever it is, I'll do it. You lead, I'll follow. Be careful what you ask for, because it's at that point, I'm here checking my email and I get this email out of the blue to be on a survival reality show. Uh, it's called Kicking and Screaming. It's going to be prime time on Fox Network. I don't want to be on no survival reality show. I had zero desire to be on one. But the problem is, if you're going, okay, God, whatever it is, I'll do it. You can't say no. And so I, okay, you know, I'm, who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm the Boy Scout. That's who I am, okay? Now, as part of that, I've done some adventures all around the globe. I've done survival in the Amazon jungle and, you know, lots of other fun stuff. Uh, but that's just doing what I like to do. My competitors were special forces guys, fourth degree ninja black belt, guy who helped take out Saddam Hussein, um, you know, all these kind of people, and the fat old scoutmaster. Hi. 
So I was the uh, the oldest person that was going to be on the show. My <laughs> wife was laughing at me. She's like, you're the tog. She said, what's that? Token old guy. <laughs> Thanks, dear. And uh, and also, I was going to be in my Scoutmaster uniform representing all of Boy Scouts of America. No pressure. And uh, But blind faith, you know, okay, God, you're putting me here. You know, I'll look like an idiot. I'm cool. I'm used to it. And, uh, you know, and I even told them on the show that my competitors, I said, look, I know I'm not here to win. Okay. I got no delusions of grandeur. Right. I know I'm here for a purpose. And even as I got near the very end of the show on the side interviews, productions asked me like they do in those interviews that they do, you know, how bad would it be to make it this far and lose? You know, we're down to the last two teams. How bad would it be to come this far and lose? It'd be fantastic. And like, wait, wait, what? It'd be fantastic. You know, if if I'm here because I'm supposed to help them win, outstanding. And that's not the the answer they were looking for, you know, <laughs> but it's the truth. Um, now, as it turned out, I won the stupid thing, um, which nobody was more surprised than I was. Man. Uh, but we were all teamed up with a, a novice, somebody who'd never even camped out in their backyard before. It's our job oh, to get wow. them through there. So it was truly, survival's easy. It was truly about working with your partner. I had a Sure, she never camped out in her backyard before. She's an online video gamer, but she was strong and she was smart and she was courageous and uh, couldn't have done it without her, without question. But it's, again, you won't accomplish anything on your own. It's always about a team. And leadership is always about working together with a team and making them feel part of the team, that it's not about you as a leader. Um, I'm coming out in a, a upcoming book and I've got a chapter in there, and my chapter is on leaders. There's two types of leaders. One develops followers. The other develops leaders, and only one is a true leader. And by the time my partner was out of there, she was a survivalist. You know, she was a leader, and she knew it. But that's what it's all about. So there, that's and and since then, I've been very blessed. I've written some books. Had one that hit number one on you know a lot of the charts. Wall Street Journal number one. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, everything number one, not just a subcategory. Um, <laughs> That's a and that was such an interesting uh, learning experience for me from listening to several podcasts about people that writ, wrote books and the process that it took to to get to the number one bestseller, um, and how it was surprising to me how many number one bestsellers there are on like a given date. And I was like, well, I thought yeah. number one was number one. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not the way that this works. So, but all of that aside, one, that's super impressive. That, that, like the amount of work that goes into, it's one, you have to have the a great topic that actually moves people. Well, maybe you don't actually have to have that. But in my head, in my novice, you know, novice author head, you have to have a great premise from which to start. Oh, absolutely. And, and then you have, that's just the beginning, right? Then you have to write the whole thing, which who actually does that, you know? And then you have to edit it. You have to, and then, and then that's just the beginning. That's like the end of chapter one of the book pushing process. So yeah. I don't want to dive super into all of that. I just wanted to uh, give you praise for the amount of work that it takes. Cause it's not just, I wrote a great book. It's done. I put it out there. Cool. It made it to the top. I recognize that there's a lot of work 
uh, and heavy investments and in, in your time and energy and everything that go into actually making that possible. So that's that's a testament to your character, along with everything that you just listed before it. The, <laughs> the two things that really stood out to me as you were describing kind of your life's journey and very, very high wave uh, marks was one very you're very humble for the the number of things that you have been successful at doing and the and the opportunities that you've created for yourself uh, very humble um you're very very sure of yourself in the sense that like if you're making a big transition from from being a, an extremely successful business person in any regard or a successful person in any regard and say i'm going to drop that to focus on this it's it's because like you didn't have to wait for somebody to come and tell you like, Hey man, it's probably a good idea to, you know, be a really good influence for these kids and everything. Um, but probably the most powerful thing that I picked up is a jovial or, or non-serious nature in which you take yourself. Like sure. you, and that is for somebody that's done everything that you've done because there's so much, if I'm going to give the most gracious uh, description of somebody who takes himself too seriously, um, they've done so much work and they've done so much research and they've busted their hump to get from A to B to C all the way to Z. And it's to, to want to stand up and be like, yeah, I did that. You know, I, I, I owned that. And I have no problem with that, you know, but it doesn't, it seems like it only gets you so far. And that gets to what you were saying with like the, with the team. So how I'm curious about this mentality of yours uh, when it comes to that, were you always this way as you were coming up, you know, through the military and as you transitioned into sales, were you, did you always have this kind of humble nature and, and, and playful sense about yourself or was that developed over time after trial and error of doing it other ways well i i think i was probably as big of an idiot as everybody in their teenage years and everything else you know i mean come on um i i no choice for the humility uh in my case though um quick backstory is i was born in the or raised in the poorest city in the entire united states of america uh surrounded by gangs and drugs i was on the wrong end of an assault rifle in junior high in my own back alley um, when I was in high school, my father was killed. Um, before he died, one of the neighbors came up to him and said, I just want to make sure you understand something. Not a single one of your sons is ever going to grow up to be anything. So, I mean, that that's my background and my brother's background. Um, so, you know, there's there there can be no arrogance there. You know, that, that's, that's what we're expecting. I'm supposed to be uh, in a gang. I'm supposed to be on drugs. I'm supposed to be dead uh, right now. Um, but you know, again, God had other plans. We had Boy Scouts of America, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always give a plug for that. Cause it's, it's changed all of our lives. Um, but it's, it's never been about me. And I, I think as I try to think back to everything, you know, cause I, even back in high school and stuff though, as I started going through scouts and then in every club that there was, I think in school and everything else, but it was never about me. It was always about the goal. It's always about what we're trying to achieve. So it wasn't, you know, look at me, I'm the leader, you know, blah, 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 you know, chest pounding and all that, which gorillas really do. I was in uh, the mountains of Rwanda and I actually watched the for about gorillas do that. It was really cool. Um, but it, it was always about, okay, we've got a task to accomplish. We've got a goal. We've got uh, 
uh, a vision. You know, so I, I think it's about having whatever that vision is, finding people who also have that vision and work together and make it happen. And I think that's what it's always been, you know, whether it was in the different things I was involved with all the way through, including uh, military, of course, even sales, you know, it wasn't just, we're about to make money. We're going to help people. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything, everything. It's, it's not about me, never been about me. So there's can be no arrogance. And again, thank you, God, for the gifts you have given me. Yeah. What do I have to be arrogant about? I got nothing. You know, I think, I think you just answered a question that I had, I was about to ask you. Um, so that was really nicely done. Uh, <laughs> so the next natural part of this question is, so this is a natural, this was kind of innate for you. You didn't have to see it, be exposed to it, try it. it you don't feel it, but you know, it's the right answer. And you keep pushing through the idea of, of focusing on the goal. It's actually, it's interesting because there's, there's cultural divisions, not divisions, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just not, it's not meant in a negative way. It's like there's cultural differences in the way that we perceive ourselves uh, in specifically like at work. So mm -hmm. if you look in um, like the Philippines, they don't see the work as much as I'm a person here that's working. I do this job and this job feeds into the bigger picture. They see themselves. It's almost like I am a part of the mechanism of this like I, i'm yeah. there is they don't even have the, the i am this it's just like i'm helping the team in this way and so yeah. it's actually something you have to pay attention to as a leader if you're doing some sort of industrial work or not industrial but international work with other cultures you have to be aware of even how to give them praise because giving them praise in an american way just a Dude, I can't believe how late, like you worked late every day for the past three months. You were, you didn't stop until it was perfect. And the way I love the way that, you know, you're giving them specific presents. Like the way that you made this presentation, you made it flow and the amount of research that had to go into it. This was incredible. I can't believe the amount of work that you did. Thank you so much. They would like shut down. Like I'm not in, like, this is not the way that I receive praise mm. because I'm just, I wasn't me. I was just part of it. I just did my part and like, yeah. you should be happy about the way that it turned out, you know, um, don't worry about me. <laughs> so, yeah. so that said, it's the question was going to be, you know, how can you tell somebody, how can you show somebody and give them guidance to take on this kind of selfless mindset for somebody that has been focused on, well, I've got to enhance my skills. I've got to, I've got to expand my capabilities. I've got to expand my reach and, and, and my impact on the world to go. It's not about you and your impact. It's about the impact on the other people, but you answered it by saying that every single morning you woke up with a sense of gratitude. And it was, it was a sense of selfless gratitude, which you think intrinsically that gratitude is selfless, which it is. But when you're giving thanks to a specific other, like God, then mm -hmm. it and, and the manner in which you do it. So thank you for bestowing those gifts and 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 who I am. Thank you for giving me me, you know, so mm -hmm. that I yeah. can I can do this out in the world. That's yeah. that's powerful. That's a big deal. Um, I think that that alone, that one, that's like one small practice that you could do every day. That's seven seconds long 100%. And, and 
too. I actually just listened. Um, I think we might have talked about it offline. Have you ever read or listened to the War of Art, not the Art of War? <laughs> no, you you did mention it. Yeah, yeah, not Sun Tzu, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Pressfield, <laughs> closely related. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, so I only bring this up because he talks about like um about the importance of pursuing your passions in, in the sense of you need to sit down and do the work. Like you have to sit down and shut out all the external stuff and just go hard. If you're writing that book, you those four hours, nothing's coming in. But the reason that that relates to what we're talking about is he says every single time that he sits down and what he recommends everybody do in whatever way they feel comfortable with is he, he gives a prayer to the muse. So, and he picks out one of the, there's eight muses that are like the daughters of Zeus and he picks, they all have different like roles. And so he picks the one that fits what he's doing. And then he conducts, he, he delivers a prayer for, uh, for that project for that day, but he does it every single day. And whenever he gets ready to go to work, he sits down and then he does that first. And, and a huge part of it is saying, like, I know that these aren't my ideas. Like he even uh, attests to the fact that like, he's, he has written chapters that when he goes back and sees his book, he's like, I don't remember writing that chapter. You know, like it it was almost like, like the spirit flowed through me. Right. It was just right. He's like, I made myself present. I, what I did, what my job was, was to give thanks and praise to that, to whatever you want to call it. God, sure. the muse, the yeah. universe, it doesn't matter. But you got to give praise. You got to give thanks. And you've got to show up every single day. And that's when, that's when the gifts are delivered. Yeah. Right? And so it's it's the idea of uh, prayers without What's the expression? Prayers without acts, prayers without service. Right, um, right. Like you can't just pray for things to get better. Like pray. God helps those who help themselves. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so yeah that's the, huge. The bit about just think about it, put it out to the universe, and the universe will make it happen. Quite frankly, that's bull. All right, that's yes. absolute bull. You got to work for it. You know, let's be honest here. Um, it, it's kind of funny. In fact, since since you and I talked last. Uh, I got some feedback on 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 my book and this concept of uh, prospect theory and the Oxcart technique uh, that my book is about. And I, I learned a quote that I didn't know: uh, toxic positivity. Ooh. Toxic Ooh. positivity. I thought that was fascinating. I looked it up, and there's a lot of research, in fact, even done by local universities, just about how toxic positivity is. No, it's not always all right. You know, it's not. There, there's such a fear of utilizing the negative, the fear of loss, when that can be such such more, more powerful than the prospect of gain, but there's just so much, oh, you can't do that out there, which is a little different than toxic positivity, but you can't think about anything negative. You can't do that. No, bull. That's absolute crap, you know? Um, Absolutely. It's uh, positivity. So the thing that I think people miss a lot is that the negative emotions that that emanate from the inside of us are evolutionary tools that we developed to accomplish something. And that baseline accomplishment was survival. And so we've just advanced so much so quickly that we still have these tendencies and these instincts and these biases 
that push us in a way that isn't conducive to the way that we've decided to construct the world. Yeah. You know, and so we have the negativity bias, right? And so that way I you and I have a really bad you know, interaction the very first time that we meet. And I, I'm going to assume that that's going to carry through the rest of the time that, that we meet. And well, that's more primacy. But if it's, it's the idea that I need to make sure that I'm protecting myself. And so all yeah. of it just builds up walls, builds up walls, builds up protections. And I just talked about some of the last podcast I did. When you build up walls to protect yourself from danger, you do protect yourself from danger for sure. It can't get in, but you can't get out. It's like you're building your own prison for yourself, these own walls of protection that cut you off from the energy and the excitement and everything out in the world. And that's one of the things that you don't do. Like you don't shy away from danger or embarrassment or, or anything like that. Like your adventures, what? There's so many. I want to make sure that we cover so many topics. I want to talk about your book and this audio project that I know you have coming up. But first, what I want to, what? What event in your life do you feel pushed you closest to the brink of death or which one had you the most disturbed, like shook inside? Like maybe you weren't close to death, but maybe you got really close to death, but you're like, oh, that was crazy. And then you had a different event that, that really rocked you. Like, holy smokes, I'm thinking about things differently now. Um, no, you know, like we had talked about offline, I don't, I don't have a fear of death. Um, yeah, I don't want to die. Don't get me wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'd prefer not to given the choice. Um, but, but I don't, I don't have a fear of it. Um, uh, I guess one, and there's been many times I've been really close to death in, in the different things I've done. Uh, one, one fun one, I guess that, um, uh, that people get a kick out of. So I was on a, uh, four desert, uh, tour. Um, and I do all this stuff solo. Um, and I'll, I'll go condensed version on this. So I'm, I'm out in, um, death Valley, uh, by myself and, you know, it's, it's rather warmish there. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sweating like, like a dog and I've got a very heavy pack, you know, cause I've got all the water that I'm going to need for however long I'm out there. So it's a really heavy pack and I'm climbing up this cliff. And again, it's not a cliff like this. You know, I don't want to overspeak. So a bit about probably like that. And I'm climbing up this thing. The dirt in Death Valley, because it's so flipping dry and so hot, just crumbles. And I'm, I'm climbing up this cliff by myself. Nobody knows where I'm at. For everybody, it's going, oh, my God, that's stupid. You should always have a, you get the, shut up. <laughs> okay, this is what I do. All right. Um I know you're not supposed to. I know all that. Yes, I'm a Boy Scout leader. We teach our Boy Scouts differently, et cetera, et cetera. I know this is what I do. It's what I have to do, quite frankly, because I have a very public life. I'm a very private person. I have to go into nature and regroup and recenter. So I'm climbing up this cliff and uh, my foothold lets go. You know, it's a, a rock that was in the side there. And because the dirt crumbles, it lets go. I leap for a handhold and it's starting to decay. Now I'm looking down this cliff going, that's, that's a ways down. And if I even just break my leg, that's all I do when I fall. If I break my leg, I'm dead because nobody knows where I'm at. I'm in death Valley. I'm in the absolute, not, not in the part that people are at. I'm way back in the back country. Now I've got a choice here. My pack that's got my water and everything else is going down that cliff. The question is, am I going to be in it or not when it does? Um, but now I've got my handhold is is degrading. 
I've got this heavy, heavy pack on that I've got to try to get off with one hand while trying to hold on and all of that. Uh, I finally do. I'm able to get the pack off. I watch it go crashing down out of sight um, down below me there. Um, and now the question is, okay, can I get, first of all, out of this perilous situation? And then can I make it back down to my water uh, if it still exists? Mm-hmm. And but the, there, there's a point. There's a point to be learned in everything. Uh, we all carry baggage with us. You know, we all carry baggage with us, and we've got to learn to let it go, or it's going to take it with us. You know what? Sometimes the, that baggage is people, negative people in our lives that drag us down, that tell us we're no good, we can't do it, it's not worth it, et cetera, et cetera whatever that baggage is, you've got to let it go or it will take you down. Obviously made it through that one. Believe it or not, everything was intact down there, just a little dented wow. up. And I continued my uh, my journey and eventually made it home. Well, I've, so I've, told, I've told you that I, I really like to beat analogies into the ground, not not tear them apart, but I really like to follow them through as far as I can go. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that right. this one as well. So Run with it, man. So... If I'm thinking about the idea of, of baggage and everyone has baggage and, and potentially people are baggage, I, it's people in our spaces are uh, where we try to help people. We end up becoming um, purveyors or, or, or perpetrators of two, what I consider uh, business cardinal sins of, of motivation and helping others. And that is one is saying uh like like you should like people should do this like this is what this is what people should do um and that it, it's kind of like an overgeneralization but you you kind of have to do that in some instances but um gosh darn it I lost the thread I lost the thread on both of them. that's okay <laughs> it doesn't even somewhere. matter they'll come they'll come back um but the idea is like so if you if you have baggage right in your bag that you had to release there was good stuff in there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and so when we think about people in our lives that we might have to let go or habits or um activities whatever that we have to let go it's it's easy for people to say forget don't do the bad stuff, do the good stuff. Don't do the stuff that's detrimental to your goals, do the stuff that's good for your goals. Um, And in practicality, that can be a very hard thing to do because you see the water in the bag and you're like, Mm -hmm. I gotta have water. And while you're thinking I gotta have water, your hand grip might break and then you're going down, you know? And so, and it's, the different, the beauty of this crazy event that you were in, which I absolutely love. <laughs> I love that you made it. Um, right. Is that is that you you were able to have the clarity of thought on this in the sense of like in this moment, like it's it's clear as day. I get rid of this bag. I've got a way better chance of making it, you know. And if I stick with it, it's going down. And for people and for our relationships, uh, and even looking, this is so cool. Uh, the toxic positivity, looking at the people that are, are toxically positive in your life and finding ways to, to mitigate these negative effects on, on yourself. Cause if, if I'm starting a business like I am, then I don't, 
I want somebody that's a, that's a hype man and a cheerleader that's out there that's like, you got this, man. You can do it. Go get it. If I've got a five-quart camelback of full of water of, of toxic positivity, of positivity in the back, and then I decide to ditch, you know, the liquid IVs and the Gatorades out, you know, like, of, of the people that were counter, that were saying, you can't do it, you know, and, and or saying, uh, like, I've tried that before, and you're going to run into this, this, and that problem. If I get rid of those and I just hold on to that, like that's bad. And so there's this like idea where you have to, it's like keeping your baggage, but decluttering, mm -hmm. right? So you're like, I'm going to keep, well, I'm going to dump out. Obviously I'm not hanging onto the side of a mountain at this point. I'm sitting down thinking tactically. <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm. like dumping out like three of the quarts of this toxic, toxic positivity. I'm getting rid of that. I'm, I'm saying I'm going to allow a certain amount of this. And I need a hype man. I need that person that's saying, go get them, crush it. You got this. I need them at the right, in the right amounts, at the right. This goes back to the old, it's a, it's an Aristotle quote. That's, it was all about anger. It was like, it's it was something to the effect of anybody can be angry, but it takes like a real man or, or like a professional to, to be angry at the right time, in the right place, at the right person to the right degree, you know, and that is what the difference is. We all have it, but how are you using it? Are you turning it into a tool? Like we talked about, we have those, these foundational things that we, that we think like, oh, this negativity is bad. This, this self-critical nature is bad. No, your self-critical nature is huge. Yeah. Like you might be the person that holds you more to account than anybody else that exists for some people out there. But we often speak to the people that are getting so much hate. But like you said, the, this this underreported toxic positivity is like you can do it. Like everything's gonna be great. Like that's you got to battle against that too. And it's you can use it as a tool, but it's got to be filtered. And mm -hmm. so I think that's I think too. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to to continue to beat that analogy into the ground. <laughs> what I like to do. <laughs> you did a fine job of it, sir. <laughs> so. One of the other adventures that you had that I found fascinating was uh, in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, yeah. So the one thing I, I definitely want you to obviously just go in and dive into it. But one of the things that I appreciate about this is all, just like you said, all of these events are self-driven and solo. And there, I think there's power to that too, connecting, taking the time to connect with yourself. And it's not like you're out there like listening to podcasts and audiobooks. No. It's like this is Terry time. Terry on Terry. And so Yeah, it's it's God and nature time, you know? There if you'll we all too often we look at a, a painting and go, wow, that's really pretty. I want to go into that painting. And if you go in there and if you sit, you're going to find how much more beautiful it is than, than you knew. You know, for one thing, you're going to start, if you sit there quiet enough, long enough, you're going to, you're going to start sensing the wind around you. You know, you're going to, the, the birds will start coming out and playing around, you, you know, it's a buck will walk within a few feet of you, you know, and it's, it's the kind of beauty that you can't get until you slow down long enough and, and be a part of it. Not, not, 
watching, looking at that picture from a distance, but be stepping into the picture. And then also to be with God and your own thoughts. You know, all too often we have so much that's shoved at us, be it uh, through TV or podcasts or uh, you know, whatever it is um, that's shoved at us, shoved at us. Well, how about some time just to think, just to feel, just to be? Um, and and that's that's critical. And it's like I said, it's, it's not a choice for me. Uh, I have to do it. I have to regain my center, remember what's important and what's not. Uh, and almost all of us not. I think that's one of the things I love about survival or or even just camping, but you know, survival specifically, you know, it's important. And uh, all this other crap, you know, it's kind of funny. In fact, that, that Arctic Circle trip I did, I did it all in the back of my Chevy Blazer. Um, I was sitting here, I told you part of it, but for the viewers, I, I was sitting here at my desk uh, one day, like, you know what, it's time for a drive about. Uh, time for a time for an adventure. I pull out my maps. I spread them all over my desk here. I'm kind of looking, and I see, uh, huh? There's a place in 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 Uvic in in in. I don't know how you pronounce it, but there. Okay, that's cool. And then here's a place even further north of that. I learned later learned Tuktoyaktuk. No way I could even consider it. Like there's not even a road up to there. I wonder wonder how you get there. I think I'll find out. And uh, I call up my wife and say, I'm going to go on a solo uh, backpacking journey uh, way deep into the Arctic Circle, not just barely into it, like a lot of people know, way up in there. And she goes, what, what? Goes, yeah, I think solo backpacking Arctic Circle. When? Thursday. And, uh, but I did. So I packed my I had old Chevy Blazer at the time. I got some really good tires on, did some transmission work on. That's why I had to wait till Thursday instead of that day. Uh, and that and to keep my marriage. And, um, I put the gear in half of it, you know, half of the back of it. And I would sleep in the other half of the back because there's not only the biggest flipping grizzlies I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of grizzlies around the world um, or around the country and then big bears around the world, uh, but huge flipping grizzlies and more bugs, more mosquitoes than you can even possibly imagine. But at the end of this, I don't remember, 6,000 mile uh, driving, boating, backpacking journey i came back and i've got i've got a good sized house here full of lots of stuff right and i realized i just did this entire amazing trip from the back of my suv from the back of my chevy everything i really really needed i could fit in half of the back of my blazer we get we get so much attached to crap and and stuff and all of that and it's not important you know what's important are people What's important is memories with those people. And that's really about it. So that's why I have to do it. No, that's huge. I think I think that's something that a lot of people miss. So I don't know how common this is, but I can I can make an admission on the show right now. Hello, right, here we go. Everybody. Ready? All right. Um, I I am a full-on external stimulus podcast audiobook addict. Like I'm not even saying it playfully. Like I, I will struggle if I, uh, if I go out for a walk with the dogs, I'll tell myself like this, is how much of a problem it is, is that I'll, I'll, I'll get them all prepared. I can get their collars on and get their leashes on. I get myself, it's New York and it's December. So it's really cold. So I'm like suited up and I'm getting ready to go out and I'll tell myself, Hey Matt, you're going to walk with nothing. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna listen to anything. You're just gonna go out with nothing. By the time I get to the door, I've got my earbuds. Oh my man! Ear. You know what I mean? Like it it is. 
it's bad. It's bad. And so one of the things that I do is I'm blessed. Uh, My wife is, thank God, she's an absolute beast of a woman. She's, she is a breast cancer survivor. She's, she is the operations officer for uh, MP brigade um, military police for those who don't abla. And um, she's done amazing, amazing. She's deployed to Afghanistan. And this, that's just all military stuff. Like I said, she, she was a breast cancer survivor and she went through um, a lot with that. And the house actually that I went to help her set her furniture up in when she first moved up there, that ended up leading to us dating and being married. Uh, so she bought okay. this house in Virginia and the lady who was there before uh, got bit by a tick uh, that had Lyme disease. And she went through the whole like Western protocol and they're basically like, yep, sorry, suck it. Like (laughs) we got nothing else for you. Um, She ended up going overseas. I forget where, but um, it might, might've been South America. It might've been Europe. doesn't really matter. She received some sort of non-standardized like Western medicine and is way better. She's not fully recovered and she never will be, but she is, she was, in a wheelchair and or like moving about an inch a minute wow, you know wow. on crutches and now she, she's up and moving and she's lively she's got energy but it ebbs and flows and all that point being she had a sauna that she used to detox at the house and she ended up selling it to my wife and so i'm blessed enough to have like a little three-person sauna in our basement and we take it with us wherever we go we tear it down bring it nice. put it back together so it's really cool and so I, I do two things and two things that I think a candle just fell. One of our window candles for the, uh, the like Christmas lights that you stick in the window that like just fell off the window. So, <laughs> Hey, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so I do, I, there's two things that I don't do well that I know I need to do well. And I take the sun as the opportunity to do that. And one of them is to shut off. And so I don't really? even do that fully. Like, for the first, I go in for an hour because it's infrared, so it doesn't get that hot. Um, so I go for an hour. For the first 30 minutes, I indulge. I'm like, okay, I'll have like a, I'll bring the buds in or I'll listen to whatever audiobook. Um, and then I'll go silent. And when I go silent, then for that that 30 minutes, I'll do pretty heavy breathing exercises because I'm trying to expand the capacity of my lungs and everything and just be healthier. Uh, and so that's, that's where I put that focus. So I, that's how much I know that it matters. And it's just, I think that we, just like you're saying, we're so inundated with with external stimulus. It's hard to get a grasp on what matters to you yeah. because what matters to everybody else keeps getting shoved down your ear holes and your 100% eye holes. And yeah. so how, I won't even try to turn that into a question. That's just That's just what it is. What I will... What I'm curious about is, given the state of reality that we live in now and the state of affairs in the world and and your experience, how did you, or at what point did you decide to start taking your experiences and turning them into solutions for people outside of the Boy Scouts? Because obviously you had a helping heart um, and you have a, like a, a servant leader's mentality, but you've wrote a bit, written a bunch of books, you've come up with uh, amazing techniques and strategies that really help people to move the needle in their business lives and their personal lives. What was that? Was there a transition phase or was this kind of all happening at the same time? Like, 
break this down for me. I know. I, I think all of that has just always been me. You know, I, I, I'll give again a lot of the credit though to uh, the Boy Scouts. You know, so I, I was raised this way. For first of all, you know, while my father was alive, he was a, a perfect example of it. You know, he he served others. He was the uh, the president of the congregation of our church, and uh, we had a, a boat, and he'd take out uh, all the little old men fishing. You know, and uh, he would they they'd catch all these fish, but he'd be the one that cleaned them all. And all oh, that. Wow. So, you know, I, I watched him. It's, you know, leadership is always by example, good or bad. Leadership is always by example. And uh, he was a great example. My mom was a, uh, a nursing instructor. So she, you know, she cared for other people. Um, she was head nurse at a uh, an old folks home when I was a little kid. I remember going with her, you know, and learned compassion there for for the elderly. And uh, of which I'm becoming one of them quickly. And uh, so, no, I think it's just, it's always been there. Um, so I, I, can't, I can't take care of that either. That's huge. That's a, it actually goes to a, a question that I wanted to get to earlier, which was talking about before the traumatic event of, you know, losing your father and, and getting told that you're never going to amount to anything. What were the experiences that were the kind of form forming instances that you had or experiences you had as a young uh as a young kid and that's huge like i actually just shared a post on linkedin today about taking uh leadership setting the example of what is to be expected during the holiday season for their employees mm. um, in the sense of i read i read it, it came from an article but then i expounded on my um through my own lens but it was she gave like six ways that leaders can can help to ensure that their employees actually take a break. And so they tell me, oh, turn off the notifications and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all oh, this, okay, that's that's cutesy, that's cutesy, that's fine. Um, but it was lead by example. And I was like, that's it. And that's the one that I really honed in on in my post. It was like, how can you expect your people to thoroughly take time off if you're checking emails and responding to emails and they're seeing it on the cc line how are you expecting them to take a break if they're seeing you post a picture of yourself going into the office or you know whatever thing is like look working on christmas day that's how much i care about my business like how can you expect them to to really release from this and, and heed your good advice because you can do everything right you can communicate the importance of taking breaks why it matters that you really want them to that there's no negative repercussions as a matter of fact that if whoever gives me the best Christmas Day picture is going to get uh, an award because that's how much it matters to me. But if I'm out there doing it, there's there, I'm going to have those highly motivated cats that work for me that are saying, I'm showing up. Like Even if I'm doing it from home, I'm showing up and I'm doing it. And then how much does that ostracize the people that really heeded your advice and, and really took the time to fan? Then they come back like, oh, apparently we weren't, we weren't all doing this. So it destroys the sense of belonging. You know, leadership and, is always by example. Good exactly. Good exactly. Good. Yeah. And that's something for people to take away when they have bad leaders. Yeah. You know, it's like you just get trapped in this head of like, oh my God, he's so terrible. And what, what an a-hole and this, that, and the other. And I just, I love, you had said something earlier. It was, it, it made me think like you just, you take lessons from these events, from these experiences. So you're like, okay, well that didn't, that's not the way I want it. So I'm going to do it. So that I'm never going to do it that way. Right? Mm -hmm. So you can extract the lessons from these things 
And, well, and use- understanding too, I think that we are all leaders. You, every single person listening right. into this is a leader, whether they think they are or not, people around them are watching them. Leadership is always by example, good or bad. So you are leading with, you are leading the people around you, whether you know it or not, you're certainly leading your kids, leading your, your peers. You're, you're doing it, whether you know it or not. Leadership is always by example, good or bad. And one thing that people don't consider also, especially on social media these days, is how many people you're, we always use the word influencer, you know, yeah. but we don't ever think, we only think about influencer in the sense of people that have millions and hundreds of thousands of followers and all this. And you think, and then you measure it in the, the responses and the likes and the reposts and the reshares. And so we get caught up in that and saying, that's an influencer, you know? And then, so then you go on your social media, you go on your Facebook or whatever, and you type your little post. And then like you do, you're getting a little political spat with people online. And I think what people lose sight of is the people who are watching this fight go down, who aren't liking, aren't commenting, aren't sharing, but are seeing it. And they're getting a representation of who you are from this. And so like you're, you're setting and th- and it's, then that's like your family is then set in that light. And the people that you associate with are set in this light of, Oh, he's that guy. He's this kind of bombastic, not in a positive way, uh, like a super audacious, just over the top zealot for whatever your belief is. It doesn't even have to be political, but if you just, if you're so disrespectful to others and the way that you manage your responses, it's like, I, I, when I did this, when I was much younger, <laughs> when I played in these online games, I would, when I started making the shift to the point where I don't do that at all, the first shift was, I want, I don't care about influencing the person I'm talking to. I don't care about influencing the people that are commenting. I care about the image that I'm portraying to the people. I want to come at this from a calm level-headed demeanor and the thing is when i did that it changed the way that i actually engaged in the way that i actually felt it moderated modulated my emotional tie into the process it just goes to and that i guess is almost like leading yourself through a selfless lens through thinking about your impact on others and how you want to be received and so yeah yeah everyone being a leader is you have to realize your impact on on the people around you even even your leaders like it's you you can set the tone in so many different ways but looking at your i want to look at some of the stuff that you've done though like i'm looking at the oxcart technique right now which is the infamous number one bestseller in the wall street journal the number one bestseller on amazon and the number one bestseller at barnes and noble so what was the impetus for this book? And give us a little, give us a little bit of the meat, a little bit, not all of it. People still got to yeah, buy this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you got it. Um, the bottom line is, I kept failing and failing and failing. And I've been, I've been a student since, since in high school of you know all this positivity, all these techniques, and all this goal setting, all of that. And uh, it finally in in business when I kept failing and failing and failing and failing, and I was doing everything these people were telling me to do, the experts, everything they're doing. 
you know, we, we hear about positive visualization, you know, especially these days there, there's the secret that if you uh, visualize it, it will just happen. You know what? I've been visualizing winning the lotto for years now and it hadn't happened. Now I haven't bought a ticket, but that's not the, that's not what they say. Um, and the, the problem is it's just not true. Um, now positive visualization is critical. You bet it is, but it's not enough. Uh, we would do do dream boards. So you get this this poster board. You put pictures of things you want to achieve. You know, fancy cars, big houses, and all that kind of stuff. And I did it. You bet I did. Had it posted up, and it wasn't enough. When I get my three thousandth no, you know, or somebody tells me you're out of your mind. You know, that product sucks. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It wasn't enough to keep me going. Um, and it just wasn't. Again, it's important, but it's not enough. Uh, and then, of course, many of us who are into this kind of stuff heard about the Harvard study. And, you know, bottom line, you know, X percent of people that, that wrote down their goals were making X 10 times more than the people who didn't, et cetera, et cetera. Problem with that is it never existed. The Harvard study never existed. It didn't happen. And it didn't happen at Yale where it's also been accredited or 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 somebody made it up. And it it's in some pretty big books out there. It's just not true. So here's what happened to me, though, is I started failing and failing and failing and finally got to the point I gave up. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to bother. I honestly did. I'm not I'm not going to bother setting goals anymore. I, I can't do it. You know what? Maybe that guy was right. Maybe I never am going to grow up to be anything. Never grow up to be anything. No. No. Bullshit. That guy's we know who he is, by the way. We know who he is. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let him be right. What he told my dad, bullshit, that's not going to happen. And that made me mad. And then I got back up because it kicked me in the butt. And I started going at it again. And then as I started getting my nose, my self-doubts, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the excuses would come up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was enough to kick me in the butt. Now, I don't care about big houses, fancy cars, all that kind of stuff. I'm happiest in a tent, Right. Now, I've got that stuff, quite frankly, but that's not enough to keep me going when the times get tough. So here's what I started putting together. I realized, wait a minute, there's something here. And I would actually finally wrote it down, what I called my failure scenario, whatever the goal is. And understand, I failed at pretty much everything. I failed at business. I failed at having a nest egg. I failed at gaining weight. No, I succeeded at gaining weight. I failed at losing it. I failed at a marriage. I failed pretty much every way you can. But I started realizing, wait a minute, if I take a look at a failure scenario, because I learned something, the fear of loss is a greater motivator than the prospect of gain. The fear of loss is a greater motivator than the prospect of gain. So when I realized, let's use that. Let's use that as fuel. Let's use that kick in the butt. Let's use that stick along with the carrot. I wrote out a failure scenario for these things. Here's how bad it would be if I fail. You know, I... He will be right. I will be poor in my old age. I will have to work well past when I want to, or even able to work, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I won't have health care. I won't be able to afford medications. That scared the crap out of me, man. It really did. Now, I would read that out loud, and that would piss me off, and it would scare me. The next thing I would do is I write down here's my action plan every single day what I will accomplish, not what I want to accomplish. I don't write out goals. I write out absolutes. I will absolutely do it come heck or high water. Because if I don't, this is going to happen. My failure scenario will come true. 
So I would read that. I read my action plan every day. And then I'd read my success scenario. Here's how good it's going to be when I do have a happy marriage, when I do lose that weight, when I do reach those goals twice a day, every day. And I tell you what, man, I started succeeding and succeeding and succeeding. Doing my research, I found out something that blew my mind. And that's that there is a concept called prospect theory that is exactly this, that the fear of loss is a double the motivator to prospect again, depending on the individual, the circumstance, et cetera, double the motivator. When that prospect theory got applied to economics, the field of economics, it won the Nobel Prize. So what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm putting that towards goal setting. And that's the, the premise of the book. The ox cart technique is what I, what I called it. It's based on a fable that I, I retooled from the old ox uh, uh, fable. And uh, here's the crazy part. So first of all, I, I started teaching this in business. People started reaching their goals. Really cool. I lost the weight, et cetera, et cetera. I'm in a beautiful marriage now, and I have my ox cart technique for my marriage. You bet I do. Um, and I'm, I'm here at my desk right here at my computer. And I'm writing, because this can be applied to anything, I'm writing a chapter on addiction. Addiction. Do I really want to include a chapter on addiction in a business book? I don't know, man, but but I'm writing it out. I'm going to keep writing it out. I'll decide later. As, as I'm starting to write out how applying this technique would work on addiction, my doorbell rings. Like, oh, okay, cool. Go upstairs, answer the door. It's one of my uh, uh, house cleaning team. And, you know, oh, Mr. Foss, Mr. Foss, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm so sorry to bother you. Uh, we were here cleaning yesterday, and I left my favorite sweatshirt here. Um, do you mind if I look for it? Like, you know the house better than I do. Go for it, you know? And, um, but something just didn't feel right. You know, sometimes things don't feel right with somebody. You just kind of look at them like, I don't know, man. And uh, so she goes immediately upstairs into our bedroom suite. And I, so I creep up the stairs. I'm looking through the bedroom suite into my, the bathroom area. She's in my underwear drawer. Now that is rather curious. So um, I, I let myself be known, you know, your sweatshirt will not be in my underwear drawer. Um, and you just insert any jokes you want at this point, because they're <laughs> all valid. You just run with that. And, uh, but she, oh, 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 I'm so sorry. And, you know, startled her. I'm so sorry you, it was open. I was closing it. I'm about to go, now wait a But just as I do that, she looks past me. She goes, oh, there it is. I turn around and halfway underneath our bed is her sweatshirt. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, goodbye. Okay. I call my wife and I go, was there a female sweatshirt partially underneath your side of the bed? To which my attorney wife goes, if there was another woman's clothing by our bed, you would be the first one to know. And uh, so I called the the boss of the uh, the house cleaning team. I said, okay, she, she was stealing from us. Um, she'll never be in my house again. You decide what she's, she's stealing from us. She's stealing from others. They get me on the phone the next day. And the, the housekeeper is in tears. Uh, now, um, she goes, I'm so sorry. I'm addicted to painkillers. I've been addicted for a dozen years. A dozen years I've tried to get off painkillers. And I've not been able to. You're the first person to catch me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. I think to myself briefly, there's a little moment of silence here. She's 
crying her eyes out. Okay, okay. The fear of loss is a greater motivator than the prospect of gain. She's tried for 12 years to get off painkillers to no avail. Congratulations, you're going to prison. Oh, oh uh, no, you're going to prison. This is a felony. Okay, you're, she was getting in my, I've got old Oxycontin that I, I never use because I don't want to get addicted to it, right? Yeah. You were stealing from me. You're stealing uh, medications from me, prescription medications from me. You are going to prison. I let that sink in a second. And, you know, tears, tears. Oh. Okay, you're going to prison unless, unless you check into inpatient services immediately. After that, you do an outpatient program. And by the way, I'm going to send you the draft of my book that I think might be helpful. And uh, oh, thank you, thank you. No, 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 no. Do not thank me. I will follow up. If you do not take these steps in your action plan, you will go to prison. Her failure scenario was set. On the other hand, if you do the steps in your action plan, you're going to finally be free of this. And you're going to be having a much better life, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I'll follow up. She did it, man. She did it. She went wow. into inpatient after that outpatient. Um, she's now got an office job. She's doing an office manager job. She is doing fantastic. And she is still as a few days ago, because I checked up on her again, clean as can be. Is that amazing? Wow. Yeah. Holy smoke. It's, I don't know what's more amazing, the her success story or the timing that this occurred. Holy smokes. <laughs> I was I was blown away. I was like, I, I guess I'm really supposed to be uh, including this chapter in the book, right? I was like, okay, God, you got it. Yep. If you needed any sign, like it was yeah. right there knocking on your door, literally. <laughs> well, I was writing the chapter. I, I was I was blown away. I was blown away. Wow. So yeah, wow. it's in the book. It's yeah, yeah, it's better. I was gonna say it better. <laughs> That's a keeper. <laughs> well, and and marriage is a is a big one too. You know, our relationships, our our most important thing in our lives are our relationships. If you're married, the most important relationship is that one. And all too often, you know, we think about goal setting for business goals, financial goals. You know what? Your number one better be your marital goal. Because if if mom ain't happy, you ain't happy. That goes goes the same for daddy too. So what I have done is, and it, I actually did my actual uh, marriage ox cart in my book. You will see mine. Wow. You will see my failure scenario in there. You will see my action plan in there for every single day. And you will see my success, success scenario, which is, you know, absolutely will be my scenario because I take the steps every single day to make sure it is. And that, that's the power of the, the ox cart technique. You've got the steps in front of you. You read them out loud twice a day. Whether you do those steps or not, you do it at the beginning of the day to motivate you to take them. At the end of the day, I'll have people that I'm coaching go, well, today on whatever the goal is, I had more of a left day, a failure scenario day, but I'm going to do better tomorrow taking those action plan steps. And it'll be more of a right day tomorrow. It's very visual. It's very helpful. I think that that is that is powerful, especially the, the visual component of it and being able to make it tangible uh, I, to this, along with everything else, when it comes to actually accomplishing something worthy of your time, uh, worthy of our very limited time on the face of this earth, 
so much of it comes down to accountability. So much yeah. of it comes down to the, who's the person that's going to check in? Who's your accountability partner? Like what, what in progress reviews are we going to put into place? Um, it, everything. And I think, so for me, like when I start working, when I work out I'll, or I start like a new workout regimen, then I'll, I'll kick butt for the first three weeks and I won't miss a day, you know? And then within the next week, I will have missed three days, you know, and then those, they all start catapulting up until I'm like, oh man, I don't remember. Was it last week when I worked out last? Like, I don't really remember. The passion fades over time, baby. Right. Yep. And it's, and the thing is, it's like, you have to bake that into the cake. Like you yes. have to understand that that's, you can't ride on the coattails of, of the initial energy surge that's, that's lifting you off and you can't, count on momentum to save you in every situation momentum's huge and consistency is huge but it's what do you do when your plan was to run to prepare for the marathon right and then five days in a row it's pouring down rain at you know negative two degrees and you're like i did it for four days yeah yeah. I'm I just I'm, I'm feeling pretty beat down. I haven't gotten the sun, I haven't gotten the vitamin D, like my energy is low, I, my legs are sore, and I've been crushing it, you know. So it's one day, you know, I'll uh, I'll get some good stretching in, and then you start making these justifications, and that yep. voice in the side of your head is like is is starting to pipe in. And so again, just like perhaps more so i wonder what your take on this on on the difference or the different levels of importance when we think about like accountability and then just the idea of systems of having systems in place so what what i love about this system is it keeps you accountable every single day twice a day here's a a quotable for you um and it's both in my book and i believe in my audio series too um the decision to succeed does not happen once. You're not just going, yeah, I'm really going to do it this time. And you're going to, no, no, no. The decision to succeed does not happen once. It happens every single day. In fact, several times a day by the actions you take or do not take. I'll say it again so it can sink in for everybody listening in. The decision to succeed does not happen once. It happens every single day. In fact, several times a day by the actions you take or do not take. The second you go, well, yeah, I did it uh, today or I did it yesterday. I don't need to do it today. That That is the slippery slope right there. And I've got you know a, a story that is in my, my audio series uh, about, well, and I, I mentioned it to you, for those that don't know, we're on an accountability team together. That's right. And I mentioned to you that uh, I was on an accountability team for business several years ago, and uh, there was four total of us, and three, the other three people on the team, every single morning, we were there, oh, 0600, baby, every morning, they had their excuses, they had their reasons why they couldn't get them done, and every single day, I had my, here's how I did it, every single day, I would not go to bed until I had reached my absolutes for that day. And uh, I ended up being extremely blessed in business, made a lot of money, and they did not. 
they let their excuses get in the way. And that that could bring us uh, actually to the discussion of the audio series, because I'm really jacked about this series. Is it going to help? Me too. So I want to I want to hit on one point right sure. before we dive into that, because the the acknowledgement that we're in an accountability group together yeah. should not be like relegated to the side or cast as 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 a uh, low level, non important or trivial. Good point. It's, Good point. We're tough. Listen, guys. Listen, everybody who's listening. We are. We're we're talking with Terry Paulson, right? This is a guy who wrote a number one bestseller across multiple platforms. And I'm on a guy that that went into the Arctic Circle, Arctic Circle, and and by himself trekked up, did all of these adventures, had a military career, has spoken in front of so many people, and and raised three incredible is still raising i presume in some form or fashion you always are right exactly these children and and with such success and with such um uh purpose and mission and and energy going into these relationships and applying the lessons that you've written about that you've uncovered over time this person that you think has got it figured out because of all of the success is in an accountability group you bet. But that's that there is no there is no making it. Like there is no I've 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 hit the goal because as soon as you have this concept of I've done it, you you've just set your from that point forward up for total failure because you have no vision of the future. And then I'll I'll throw this in too. Not only is there not I've done it, but I am it. No. No, you are, nobody's too cool for school, man. You know, nobody is the end all be all. The second they think they are, they're wrong. You know, it, it's always about a team. You always need other people. Uh, and yeah, we all need that kick in the butt. I've, I've learned a ton from you and I'll keep learning a ton from you. Same. Yeah, so, second you think you're too cool, you're not. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. And that's, that's again, one of the, the great, lessons that people can pick up from you and not even the words that you're saying, but by the actions and the way that you carry yourself is the, is the humble nature, you know, and it's just like, you can accomplish, you don't have to be that overly bravado filled individual in order to crush it. As a matter of fact, that's more likely going to hold you back. The more that you focus on others, being there for others and helping others, that not only is that where success lies, but that's where, that's where fulfillment lies yeah you're not going to get fulfilled by a a full bank account you know you're gonna you're gonna get fulfilled by the the manner in which you impact the lives of others and the manner in which you help them to get to that point where they can then help others and so on and so forth and which i think is a perfect segue into the audio series that you're doing now because this is incredible i'm stoked for this thing to come out please please tell us about it Ah, I'm jacked. I really am. I'm I'm so honestly excited about this. Um, the 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 concept behind it is we've all seen a a rocket launch. Let's start with that. We've all seen a rocket launch, um, maybe on TV in the movies, whatever it might be. And you see T minus ten, nine, eight, and you see this big old rocket and all this steam and all this smoke and all this fires pouring out, right? T minus five, 
the space shuttle, all three main engines on the space shuttle combined are going at full power at T minus five. Full power, all that thrust to get them going 15,500 miles per hour to lift tons up into space. And yet it's going nowhere. You notice that T minus five, four, three, it's still sitting there. Full power, but it's still sitting there. Why? What in the heck is holding it back? Well, we need to ask ourselves that about ourselves in that we've got all of this, these ideas, all of this energy, all these things that we want to do, but something keeps holding us back. And I, I sought to find out, first of all, what are those things that are holding people back? What are they? And I literally interviewed people around the globe, successful people and unsuccessful people. Let's start with the unsuccessful, but understand the successful people have the same things holding them back. They just stopped it from holding them back. So what, what were the things? You know, fear, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of people making fun of them, fear of success. We talked about excuses. Excuses are lies we tell ourselves because we want to believe it's not our fault, but they are lies we tell ourselves. You know, we, we actually believe these excuses are true. I really didn't have time for that. Uh, which is another one, you know, poor time management. People, if you say, I didn't have time to get to that, you're wrong. You're lying. Maybe to yourself, but you're lying. You did have time for that. We're, we, I, I, I blow that one away too. All the self-doubts. Um, I talk about bad attitude because you know, there's all this about good attitude. And okay, that's great. Before you have room for the good attitude, you got to get rid of the bad attitude. So all these things are holding us back, much like the space shuttle at five, four, three, all of that's going on at T minus zero, something fascinating happens. Now, that space shuttle, what was holding it back? Eight relatively tiny bolts. That's all, these things, eight. All that 15,500 miles per hour, all that torque, everything held back by eight of these bad boys. That's all holding it down. And eight of these things hold us back and identified what those eight things are. T minus zero explosive charges go off in these frangible nuts that blow the bolts away and let that space shuttle do what it was meant to do, what God and mankind designed it to do so it can achieve its mission. So what I've done in this audio series is identified what these eight bolts are for people and how do you blow these bolts so they're not going to hold you back anymore. And what's been kind of fun is I've let very few people listen to this. I'm just doing final touches on it right now. Like, and I beg them, tell me the negative, tell me the negative, you know, tell me what you don't like about it. I beg them. And every single time it's come back to no, Terry, you don't understand this, this is groundbreaking. This, this changed my life. This blew me away. Um, and like, well, tell me something, you know, how can I make it better? So like, I got nothing for you. I got like, okay, well, cool. Um, on the other hand, they've told me how it's helped them so much, and which which just rips my heart out, you know, because that's the design. So I'm going to be doing the final touches on this. Maybe even by the time you get, um, by the time you you get this thing, this podcast out there, mm -hmm. maybe I've got a lot of other goals. Um, but what people can do is whether it's released or not, go to uh, ultimatedrivingforce.com. If you, it's called Blow the Bolts, and well, let's do it, let's let's do it this way. Let's Tell me the day it's going to be released and we'll time up the podcast. 
And so we'll do a, I'll do a big release. We'll do wow. some. I love that. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get back with you. I've got to take it to uh, the, all the sound uh, producers and stuff like that for the yeah. post on it, you know? Yeah. We'll um, see if we can get it worked out. If not, then, but if not, please go ahead and, and finish what you were saying and let well, people here, know where they can the, go. Here's the deal. Then we're going to, we're going to switch this dialogue here. Um, I don't know if this will get aired or not, but we were just talking about what's going to happen is this will be kind of uh, part of the launch of this series. Yep. We, we just decided that while we were yep. talking. All right. So if if you're if you're listening to this podcast, this sucker just got launched. Yeah, it did. So Today. wow, that's, that's pretty crazy, man. That's crazy. Okay. Go to ultimatedrivingforce.com, Ultimate Driving Force. Look for Blow the Bolts on there. Uh, this is in the future as we're recording this. I'm not sure exactly what the website will look like yet, but look for it there. Uh, certainly get on my, my email list on there as well because there's going to be some other cool stuff. But yeah, there you have it. Um, I, you know, I don't usually promise much uh, except for I promise you I worked my butt off on this thing. Mm-hmm. I promise it's tried and true what worked for me, what worked for a whole lot of other people. I can't promise it's going to work for you, but I tell you what, it'll surprise the crud out of me if you don't get a lot out of this series and if it doesn't help you. Uh, either way, please let me know. Uh, email me through the the website there. I want to hear back from you, good or bad. I want to hear back from you. I love it. That's genuine too. That is a, uh, I, I truly believe Terry, based on my experiences and us working together in, in our group that the, some people will put out there like, Oh yeah, tell me, I want your feedback and I'll uh, tell me the negative, but they don't really want it. Right. They don't really want the negative feedback, but you are, uh, in a constant pursuit of excellence Yes, and you can't have that being in a bubble and you can't have that with just the positive views. And so this is a genuine request. That's, you know, it really is. You know, how can I help people more? The, the way I, I often put it is I work really hard at anything I do. I work hard. Okay. And I do the best that I can do the absolute best I can do. Okay. That's the best I can do right now, but I want to do better. What's Mm -hmm. the difference between here and there input from you input Mm -hmm. from other people. And so I'm not going to get to that level by myself. That's how, that's what got me here. I want to get there. I need your input. I need your help. And also how better can I serve you? You know, what is it that in my background and the things that I've overcome and all of that, uh, and the people that I've worked with, the people I've talked to, the I've learned from what, what else can I do to help you? So yeah, you're absolutely right. I want to know that. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. That's a really cool thing. It's a, it's an open invitation and, uh, do you, I know in your past books, have you received a lot of, um, like messages or emails from people? Do you make your contact information available kind of associated with the book so that it's easy to reach out to you if people wanted to let you know how it impacted them? Um, have you had a lot of, have you had conversations with people through that in that way? Yeah. Thank, thanks for asking that question. Absolutely. I have with, without question. Oh, my screen just big freaked out a little bit. Uh, yeah. And it, it's so, so helpful for me um, to, to know for one thing, you want, you also want to know when you're doing right. You know, is, yeah. is my message reaching people uh, or not? Uh, I make it, you, there's a direct link right from the website to my inbox. Um, so you can absolutely reach out directly to me. Uh, I can't always get back with everybody, but I do my best. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Um, so yeah, cause I, I want to hear back from you. 
And again, good, good or bad. I I want to hear it. Now, if you're just being a jerk, I'm not interested. <laughs> Be a jerk yeah. somewhere else. I don't let jerks in my life. I don't let them stay there. But if you got yeah. some constructive criticism or for you know some good advice for me, that's the only way I'm going to get to hear. Yeah, no, that's and that's the difference. Um, a difference between a a criticism and and the jerk is all comes down to what your intent. focus is. Yeah, yeah. intent. Yeah. Is your is your intent to cut down a person or is it to look at the idea? Right. Are you yeah. focusing on the person or the idea? And it just yeah. goes to the logical fallacy of ad hominem. You know, like, are we are we trying to take down the person instead of the idea? Like, well, let's focus on the ideas. And one of the cool things that you do and that is a part of this process. I don't know whether you uh, how you've thought about this or if you have, but the idea of staying removed, the way I've heard it phrased is, is remaining divorced from your ideas, but just creating a sense of separation between you and what it is that you produce. And in, in so much that like, I am not my ideas. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Matthew. That's who I am. And I yeah. have these ideas and coming and doing this podcast and, and this most recent edition where I'm bringing people back onto the show this has been the time where I've had so many of my ideas challenged. Like, well, I'll have a topic with, with, I had to talk with somebody about paid transparency. Uh, her name is Raina. And I, I told her I didn't understand it. And I told her from which perspective I didn't. And she, she illuminated that like, these are the problems that people are concerned about. She wasn't agreeing with the ideas. She was like, this, this is what has companies concerned. And that was, it was just, it was a very enlightening experience. And so that that's part of my process is that I'm using, like I said, at the very beginning, I'm using this show as a journey for myself to grow and develop and to get feedback from, from highly respected and, and, and experienced people in their fields to hear their ideas and have that cross reference against my own. I'm like, ah, well, that changes the way I operate a little bit, or that, that adds oh. another tool to the kit bag. And so this when is you're really confident enough to do that, you're confident enough to do that. You know, somebody who's not confident won't, you know, they're, right. they're no, I'm right. No, it's not about that. You know, that, oh, it's not about that. That's yeah. exactly right. It's to going to the core tenet of like everything that you do and everything that I'm doing. It's, it's all about impact. Yeah. It's all about impact and improving people's lives, giving people the tools, giving them the methods and give and delivering to them the processes yeah. that make the difference. The true testament, I think, to this, like the true test that I'm kind of keep bouncing around in my head, and I'm having a hard time answering this question for myself in the oh. way that I know that it should be answered. And it's would I be as passionate about the, the trainings and the talks and the collaborations that I'm doing with businesses if I wasn't the one delivering the message? And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's tough. And I think, and it's not even that it's tough because now that I'm, I'm processing this live in real time. And so I think it's not that it's tough and that I wouldn't want somebody else to share it. I want, I want to train that that's what we did. And I don't know if that's the same terminology that they used when you were in the Air Force, but they uh we use in the army, we say train the trainer, right? Sure. So that was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 
so it's train the trainer. And so that's my philosophy when I'm going into organizations and I'm collaborating with businesses and, and showing them the principles of connected leadership. I'm saying, hey, this is this is how you make the difference. This is the process that you can implement to make the difference. Now it's on you to put that into play. And I'm here to check up on you. Just like you said, like I'm, I'm here. I am your accountability partner through this. But I've shown yeah. you the way. You know the path and it's time. And yeah. so I that I get just because I want to keep sharing it and I want to be there because I love seeing the light bulbs turn yeah. on. And you're just like, oh my gosh, it hit, it hit. And it doesn't need to hit in that many people. You start getting that 10% of people that really grasp it and that are really going to push it forward. And you can have a, an entire cultural revolution inside of an organization because massive action by a few amount of people that's the way that our country that's the way the world runs massive yeah. action by a small amount of people is what drives everything forward always no, has been i didn't make the iphone i could never make yeah. the iphone <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but look at the impact that that's had and so so yeah that's that's i think it's a fun exercise that you can do with yourself when it comes to this if you're if you're in the zone right now where you're like listen this wouldn't be possible without me like I yeah. am the core tenant of this. And that would be, uh, I actually fell prey to this. And, and perhaps you've, I doubt that you've had experience with this because of your mentality. But I've, I, when I was a young leader in the army, junior E5 sergeant, the lowest level leader in the army that you could be, uh, officially titled, right? Um, right. I, put myself in a position to be the single point of failure for like five or six different things. And I didn't do it on purpose. I wasn't elbowing people out of the way. I just wasn't waiting for people to catch up. And I was like, gotcha. I don't know. I ain't got time for you. If you're not here stepping up, then, then, you know, that's your problem. And then it was, as I was getting ready to leave, so the last three months I was in my first unit, they, uh, one of my mentors came up to me who wasn't working there anymore. He came up and he was like, Hey man, uh, now that you've been out processing and you're not like as in it, it looks like the, I've been talking to some of the guys and it sounds like they're, they're, they're struggling pretty bad. And I kind of had like a smile on the inside. I was like, yeah, that's right. Cause I'm a bad mofo. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, that's not the right answer. That's right. Bad, <laughs> he's right? Like, yeah. he's like, your, you, your legacy should be the, the ease in which that transition takes place. Yeah. And the ease in which that transition takes place does not occur in the handover process. It occurs from day one when you step into the unit. Like you yeah. start building yourself out of the unit from the day that you get there by processes, by focusing on, I this should be, and I did that in every single unit that I went to after that, I made a master document that was literally, it was tabbed out that's just, this is what you do here. This is what you do here. When this happens, this is what you do. This is the training cycle for over here. And you just, and it's literally so I could just hand it. I bring somebody in like, hey, we're getting ready to go to the field. I'm like, you're going to take my spot. All right, you're going to go with us. We're going to do the field stuff together. We're going to go do this training together. You're going to see it. And I'm going to show you this is where it's at. And that made, I, I was, the amount of praise that I got, and it's just not even praise, the amount of thanks that I got yeah. people like I've never experienced this before in my entire military career, you know, and it's, it just takes that one time that eye opening experience where you have that self satisfied, like, yeah, man, 
you are yep. struggling without me. <laughs> well, that, that goes back to that that book that uh, I've got a chapter in. And the, and the book, by the way, for those that may end up being interest, interested, it's a fascinating concept. Uh, Pat Sitkins reached out to me. Uh, he put out the book Brand Aid. Uh, so he was a, a bestseller as well. Great dude. Uh, and his book concept was brilliant. There are two types of people. That's it. And then he reached out to a bunch of us and we answer that. We write our own chapter and we answer that question. Of oh, that's cool. Brilliant concept. There are two types of people. And mine was two types of leaders. Those who create followers, those who create leaders and only one's a true leader. And that's what you're talking about there. And I, I, in that one, I've got my 10 steps that leaders create other leaders. Uh, that In that chapter, I gave five of them. The other, I'm actually working on that book as well um, as one of the other ones. But, but it's true. It's all about creating leaders. How do you do that? Uh, for one thing, it's not about you. It's about the cause. It's about uniting everybody in the vision. And then it has nothing to do with you. Whether you're there or not it has nothing to do with you because it never did. So, yeah, absolutely. I agree. So one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about the ox cart technique and uh, and when I'm thinking about the audio series is um, this this idea of expertise, this idea of knowing, knowing and not knowing. Um, and I, in the sense that I am a firm believer that we know a lot more than we think we do absolutely. just instinctually. Yeah. And the practice that I go through to tap into my own unconscious, whatever, if you want to go, I think it was young, the collective unconscious, but I want to try to tap into that. What I, what I do is actually, I play a game where I'll talk to the future version of myself who already did what I wanted to do. Right. On. Uh, yeah. And so if I'm, if I'm wanting the eight figure business, you know, and this, I'm like, okay, well, What's the what's the version of me? Who's the version of me that did that? Like, all right. And I don't ask I like him that. Like highly that. technical questions. Like, right. how do you set up QuickBooks? You know, uh, and how right. do you transition from Quick? How do you not stay with QuickBooks like huh. Sam Bankman Free did? Anyway, we're not going to go into that conversation. But, um, uh, it's not it's not on the technical side. It's more this is more in the the day to day decision making side. Where right. if I'm if I'm doing something, if I'm going out, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna go out and have lunch today. And then I'll be out and I'll, I'll think about the, oh, you know what, I'm gonna swing by this this place. I, I saw the same that I thought my wife might like. Um and then oh, and then I saw this, you know, I'll pick up some coffee on the way home, and then I just lost my afternoon. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. one of the things, I guess this this is gonna branch off into two, but so I ask myself, okay. How how would the eight figure Matthew do? What would he do right now? And so, okay, well, he would want to he would want to get that gift for his wife. But what like what's on the docket for the day? Like, did it did that get scheduled in? I literally have like my whiteboard behind me. It's got the days broken down. It's got time slots for each thing. That's like hour doing this, hour doing that. Forty five here, and I have on there by presence for family there. Like right it's. On. And you don't have to be crazy like me. I don't even do this all the time. I like to change my task management system up to keep myself like in it, like novelty. But uh, but I think it's I think that 
it's a it's a useful way to to play out the system is to think about you know it, it, you go more simple go health and you say man i want to lose this weight like oh but i gotta hire a coach and they gotta help me with this like okay all right let's just start here before we hire coaches before we're going against somebody the 50 pound lighter version of me that ran a marathon what decisions are is he making today well, he sure did got up. He got up a lot earlier than I did. That's for sure. Okay. He didn't eat that piece of cheesecake with lunch or for lunch. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, like didn't have that beer yeah. after two, three beers after dinner, you know, didn't have snacks going into bed, didn't stay up late watching TV. And you know, all that is, all that costs you nothing, didn't cost you a gosh darn thing. And you know it, like you know it all, but you need it's not uncommon and I don't discourage people from asking for help at all. But I think we take the onus and, and we we take agency away from ourselves in these processes by by looking out for that expert. And so going back to like where this came from with your your books and everything, what do you is is there a part in, in these strategies where you're people are encouraged to reach out, like seek a mentor um, or accountability partner or coach or something like that for, for a given task. Um, 100%. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Part, part of the constructing the plan, your, your action plan each day. Well, how do, how do I know uh, what the best plan is for uh, making sure I've got a big nest egg? Well, I don't, but there's right. people too. You know, what about for having a great marriage? You know what? I know a few things, you know, but there's probably some better ideas out there as well. In business, obviously, like for the the realtors that that work with my oxcart technique and you know, those those types. I can't tell them what their action plan for the day should be, but you know what? Highly su- successful realtors uh would. You know, they know exactly. So Seek out people who are smarter than you, you know, who've done it before, who've been successful. I seek out people who failed at it too. You know, what did they screw up so I can avoid those pitfalls? And uh, yeah, absolutely. Talk to the experts, just like we talked about earlier. I do everything the best I can, the best I can. I want to be up here. What's the difference between here and there? Input from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. It's, it's, that's all the difference in the world. And it's, it goes back to the old motto, the old saying that what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. Right? So if yeah. I, if you got to the point where you wrote a book and published a book, what got you there is not going to get you to number one bestseller. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's you, you've got to reach out. You've got to talk to the people that have done it. And that's the beautiful thing about this world is that, We've had so many people that have existed for so long over time. We have the history books. We've got real life people today. And there's, I'm I'm hesitant to say that there's nothing new under the sun, but if you are truly a person that's on the brink of doing something brand new, that's never been done, then disregard, you know, but like for everybody else, the 99.99999% of people that are, that are doing something that's already been modeled in behavior by somebody else, then reach out, like leverage those. And there's so many tools and resources out there at your disposal. And I, this is where um, I, I like to get real tangible with stuff. And so I use 
score mentors. Um, it's a, you go online, look up score mentor, Google it and you'll find it. And it's, I have a free mentor from there. And this dude is walking through every piece of my business plan. We're doing SWOT analysis. We're doing strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. We're doing value proposition statements. We're doing all of it. And it's completely for free. And it costs me an hour every other week of spending with this guy who his primary focus when we're together is seeing my business succeed. You have the small business development centers. Like reach out to those people. If you have so if cost is a thing that you think is holding you back, there are so many free resources. And I'd love to share, like if you're curious, reach out to me. I'll share as many as I can with you. Um, but there's there is a certain level. I have noticed that there's a different level in paid. Like their money does mean something, right? <laughs> so it's, right, right, right. You, you get a certain level from these resources, right? And then once you get above a certain level, it's same exact thing we just said. What got you here won't get you there. The mentor that gets me from, you know, five figures to six figures is may may not be the same mentor that gets me from six to seven. You know, and and the same thing with selling houses and writing books and all that. So it's you just have to pay attention to what it is that you want, and I think clearly defining your your intent your absolutes i love that by the way that is gold that's gold in and of itself rocking with absolutes holding yourself highly accountable yeah that is oh god that's good <laughs> <laughs> because well, i hate goal setting i hate the term goal i teach goal setting and i hate the term goal setting <laughs> yeah i get it i get it <clears throat> excuse me and different time different place i'll tell you the story that goes along with that uh with the absolutes or or read the book or listen to the audio series there we go there we yeah go. i think i think it's in the audio series and it really is a, a perfect story about how the the doing the absolutes come heck or high water i will do it um made the difference between me and those other three people on that accountability call you know i i Every single day, I absolutely did what I would say I would do. Because otherwise, the next day, yeah, like you're saying, I do a little bit less. And then I do a little bit less, a little bit less. And then pretty soon, the passion's faded, the opportunity's gone, and I failed once again at whatever the goal was. And I think one of the, it's so, it's so crucial. And, and it's not to say that the system is going to lead you with, you're going to, you may set an absolute that you're not, that you don't get done. And especially early on, because you're trying to figure out what your limit, if you're just, just entering into the world of operating, like you may set out seven absolutes for today because you've got the motivation of, you know, everybody in the world behind you. You're just, you're fired up. You're ready to go. Then you it's it midnight hits and you've worked for 24 hours straight and you're on number four. Still you go, ah, crap. <laughs> so what I do, so I don't have absolutes. And you can tell because there's a bunch of boxes on my list that are not checked. So, <laughs> and uh, because they're tasks, they're not even goals. They're all just tasks. And, but what I do, part of this is, this is part of my in-progress review is that I'll, I'll set a number of tasks for the day and I'll go to shoot, but I leave them up. I don't, the day is over. I don't get rid of it. I keep that sucker there. And I have the next day and I have the same thing. I have the next day and the same thing. At the end of the week, I literally take a picture and I upload it into my computer and I add that in. I'm like, okay, let's look at the trend. 
what was consistently not getting done this week? Oh man, I sure didn't want to do housework. That was the thing. That was the thing. <laughs> didn't want to do that this week. So I turned out Friday turned into a six hour housework day, you know, and which screwed up everything else. And okay, how can we fix that going to next week? And then you can expand that out as you stack the weeks up. Then you then you get a feel for this, like, okay. If I I, I know how much I can get done in a day. I know categorically, like my list, I, it's color coordinated. Like these colors respond to these different categories and stuff. You can set it up however you want. But I think with the idea, so if with your idea of absolutes, are you, is this like nitty gritty? Like I'm getting 13 sales today or yes. is this, okay. Okay. So you're going to, yeah, and, and, and here's, tangible. here's, well, like only the things you can control. <clears throat> so for instance, I can't, control how many sales I'm going to get. That that power's in somebody else's hands to say yes or no to me. Mm -hmm. What is in my um, hands is how many presentations I will do for those sales. Um, and, and that is absolutely correct. And I think it's important to discern between your tasks and your absolutes. I don't put everything I'm supposed to do that day is my absolutes. No, no, God, no. My absolutes are my absolutes. You know, my, my, let's say X presentations a day uh, or X cold calls a day. If we're talking sales, you know, whatever yeah. it would be, these are my absolutes. I will do this come heck or high water. My A-list item, my big rocks for those that know what I'm talking about there. For those that don't listen to the audio, but yeah, for, for those things, those are the absolutes. <clears throat> I won't let, excuse me. I won't let any of this other stuff get in the way of the absolutes, period. And then there's the rest of the tasks that, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, goals, et cetera, may or may not get done. That's different. No, I love I love that. And then the first thing, you know, it's it's interesting. I wonder what this says. The first thing that came to mind when I thought, when I heard you say this and I was peering away from the business side was tell my wife I love her. Tell my 100%. kids I love her. You know, absolutely. Like that is going to, and you can put that on your list of absolutes. Like You bet. Probably should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, on, on your relationship, uh, action plan ox cart technique absolutely you bet that's on there and not just tell but show in some way or another. yes you yes bet. actions actions lead by example we're all leaders we all lead by example you've got to you've got to step up and follow through and that's uh you know the the act of consistency the you think about the connection in your family you know, you think about like the way that you are at home and, and how you set the set the tone. Do your kids know what to expect when they get off the bus and they and they walk in the door? Yeah. Like, is yeah. it is it something different every day? Um, is one room completely messed up where they can't go in it and they don't know where they're going to be able to study? Do they understand their roles? Like, there's there's as a leader, like you're setting these boundaries, you're setting the expectations, you're setting the culture. The norm that all culture is like I say culture is like the buzzword in my business. All culture is is like the accepted, ex accepted and expected activities of the people in the group. Oh, right on. That's 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 it. It's like what do we what what is acceptable here, and what are we expecting people to do? And it goes from everything from interpersonal communication to actual like job functions. But that those cumulatively together make up the culture. And so think about your impact on the culture and what expectations you have of others. How are you communicating those with the world? Are you? 
Are you yeah. continuously let down because you're not communicating with people? It's just, it's a, it's an amazingly empowered world. Like the last topic I want to, I want to touch on with you before, before I let you go is the idea of stoicism. Um, so and real quick, what we're going to do, because you're able to cut the tape. Yeah. I'm excuse myself for a couple of minutes, man. I'll be right back. Oh yeah. yeah you're good. A lot of coffee, a lot of water. You know the drill. I have no idea what you're talking about. Not familiar? No. No. Oh, that's you. You are. You just don't know it. Um, <laughs> you're going to know exactly as soon as I talk about it. The idea of stoicism is that there are things that you can control and things that you cannot. And that which you can control is where is the only place, essentially, that you should place your focus, time, and energy. Yeah. So... When I think about, I don't even remember the question I was going to ask you about stoicism. It was related <laughs> to whatever we were talking about. But, <laughs> but the, uh, uh, I had read a book recently from Ryan Holiday. He's really, he's a really good author and like semi kind of uh, novice historian. Um, really invested a lot into uh, Marcus Aurelius and and he he's he wrote. Uh, he wrote uh, his, his not like it was like his journal to himself, and I forget what it's called, but um, it is one of the most powerful amalgamation of thoughts on stoicism ever. And it's just the idea of like he'd be out and like watching a a blade of uh, grain, like a grain stock, like falling over under the weight of a butterfly, and then like talking about the the impact of us as that butterfly kind of on it and, and, and things things of that nature it was just it was very powerful stuff but i think what we end up doing is we get out of our locus of control and we start putting and that's where a lot of the problems start coming where we start adopting and allowing things to come in is we we put our mental energy into areas of our business, areas of our relationship, areas of whatever we're trying to focus on of our physical fitness that that we don't have control over. You know, working with businesses and, and they're talking about all oh, that the economy right now and we're on the verge of a recession, or we're already in a recession. Um, you know, it's like, okay, well there's you can't control that. But go back to your absolutes, just like you were talking about. Like what are your absolutes? Is it is it to make 47 presentations and by the end of the week you know is do you have you broken this down have you communicated this and that's what that's what my my program is all about. It's all, it all stems around communication it all stems around the idea of how do you effectively communicate with the people around you and how do you use communication as a tool to build trust to build a sense of belonging and to create the opportunity to feel a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction from the work that you're doing. Um, and so I think looking at the ideas, like I have to read this book now. I can't believe I haven't read it yet. The Oxcar Technique. I feel like such a, such a butt of a host to not have read this book. I to you about that, but you know. You know. <laughs> I was waiting for it to come in the mail. I just never saw it. <laughs> I had, I had the vision. I had vis visualized the Oxcar technique showing up in my mailbox, and I don't know why it's nice. Turns out that I actually have to go buy it, so that's fine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, that's that's great. I think, but yeah, I'm um, just to that extent. 
uh, I'm curious if you've had to work with people through kind of bringing their, like shifting their, their, or breaking down the way that they process problems in a way that focuses more on that or how much does that play any role in a conscious way in your programs, the idea of, of locus of control? Well, I think the, the main thing is that, you know, you know what the, the problem is, you know, you don't, so many people restate the problem, restate the problem, restate the problem. Like, Oh, we got that. We got bottom line. What's the solution? You know, what can we do about it? Well, we can't do this. We can't, I know what we can't do. Got it. What can we do, you know, to, to make a difference here or in spite of the problem or to take advantage of the problem, you know, uh, and we could even just go back to that, uh, that story of me hanging off the cliff and, you know, that's a bad thing. You know, I almost died. Makes a great story now, you know, yeah. uh, and, and even during some of the worst times in, in our nation's uh, history, in economic history or whatever, people have taken advantage of that time. So, I mean, you can look at how bad any problem is for as long as you want and be pulled right down with it. Or you can figure out how you're going to operate in spite of or along with that challenge. It's all about the solution, man. It's all about the solution. You dwell on the problem, you die with it. You go for the solution, you succeed no matter what the problem is. Almost. And I think the the important part about this solution is the action-oriented part of it yeah because you could have your just you were just saying you, know, you could have your solution saying this is what we need like, all right cool but we can't get that right like, that's not right. that's not possible like our team's not getting michael jordan like right. it's not he's with chicago sorry guys you know right. and then so all right well what can you do to move the needle you know here here's a, a fascinating little thing that i that i've learned and i have no idea why it works I have no earthly idea why it works, but it, I, I'm astounded each time I do this and it works. I truly am. I mean this. Um, people are going, there, there's, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. There's no way. There's no way. I re, rephrase the question. Okay. If there was a way to make this happen, what would it be? If there was a way to make this happen, what would it be? Matthew, I have no earthly idea why this works, but for some reason, their brains open up and they, well, I mean, if there was a way, then it would be. It's so if I were to take a stab at the, the reason why it works, it's that question is, it's like a creative, it's a creative question. It's the word if immediately turns you to like a, a wonderment, pondering, you know, just almost hold out of reality sense. Like if this was the case, like, it, cause it's like, if, if is almost akin to like, imagine. Yeah, it's like, yeah. imagine if, and so let you're- Let your mind oh, open up. Right, yeah. right. Oh, that's cool. I like that. It's it so works. simple. I don't, I don't get it. I really honestly don't. But every single flipping time that I do it, which is often now, you know, they, they come so, up with a solution. It's, it's absolutely amazing to me. If so you guys got your, you got your takeaway. You got your takeaway home value. It's uh, if you're, if you're looking in the mirror right now and you're saying, man, I really need to lose some weight. I just don't know how 
like, well, what, what if, you know, like insert your problem into this, into this box and just, and, and play with it and just see what fits. You'll have an aha moment. Like you'll have like, Oh, Oh, that works. That's the the other, the other quote that I've used uh, a lot for myself, you know, I can never impose upon anybody else, but for my, myself, there is always a way it merely becomes our job to find that way. And that is a mindset shift that they're away from, well, there's no answer. It can't be done. It's no, no, no. There's always a way. There is always a way it exists. It is out there. The solution is out there. So then making the mindset shift to understanding, okay, concrete, the, the, the solution does exist. Okay. If it does now, it's just our job to figure out what it is. And that, that does for myself a, a mental mind shift that, okay, okay, what what is it? What would it be? Okay, got it. I think what that does is it, ch- it allows you to challenge your, almost like your absolutes. Because mm-hmm. if you're saying like, if you have a business and you say my absolutes are X, Y, and Z, like this has to be done. And then you're at a place where the business is on the verge of shutting down. Like it's it's not working recession hits, whatever, whatever happens. COVID comes in and the government locks everything down and says, sorry, bud, like, we appreciate your effort. Um, Good luck. So what that, what you're doing there, you're saying there is a way is almost like go back to the drawing board Mm -hmm. if needed, depending on the problem set, obviously, and figure out, okay, if and it just goes back to like it goes to the if question like if you're there at the drawing board and you still if you're like I know I have the motivation it's like that question draws like the motivation like I know there's a way and mm-hmm. then you go to the yeah. drawing board and you're like you have the chalk and you're like what is it? and you're like yeah. Yeah. Well, what you know what if <laughs> what if a way existed what if I, I found the way forward what would that look like what would success look like and then. You're like, oh, well, maybe, God, it would suck, but I probably could keep the business alive online and not in stores. Mm-hmm. God, I really like the in-person aspect, but that would work. But I don't know if we're going to be able to pull the sales. You know what? I, I really love my employees and I would never, I would never imagine firing them. But if I did, then I'd be able to keep the business alive for, for eight more months. You know, yeah. and then you start playing with these these things that were untouchables, and saying, "Oh, nothing's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Nothing's untouchable." And I think that's why people get stuck in really, really bad, toxic relationships over long periods of time, because it's that, you know, that longevity kind of fallacy where it's like, "Well, I've been doing this for so long." It's like the sunk cost fallacy. Where it's like, "I've already invested nine years into this." Like. Am I going to give up now? Like, well, I said, yeah, I got divorced after nine years of marriage. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, I'm pretty gosh darn happy. Like, and it's nothing against the ex. It's just like it was what was right, honestly, for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just nothing's untouchable. I think that's really important. And, and just to cast one more light on the ox cart technique look really take that time to sit down and highlight really map out get a really strong visualization of what your life looks like if you don't follow through with this 
with with your vision, with your intent. Get a really strong vision of what your life looks like on that winner side when you when you done did the dang thing. And and it's and it's hitting on all cylinders. And I, I think really important along this, along with this though, is in in the book, and I obviously do recommend people get the book, but for for the right reasons as well. You got to be careful how you do that though. And and there are some specifics in the book that mm -hmm. are very, very critical in how you do that. Also, examples of people who have done it with their ox cart techniques and stuff that you can go buy and and for you know, I have no idea what the book's going for. It's an ebook right now. Uh, we're redoing the cover to re release it uh, as hard copy. Um, but in there, you know, I don't know what the price is. I, I promise you, it's worth it uh, more than. Uh, you'll have examples, a whole different categories. You'll be it relationships, marriage, financial, having a nest egg, you know, weight loss, et cetera, et cetera. Examples in there of people's different ox cart techniques, their failure scenarios, success scenarios, their action plans and stuff like that. So yeah, because it's important you do it right. It's very important you do it right. If you do, it can be crazy successful. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the same thing. So we uh, kind of a theme throughout the show has been processes. And so if you have, you can have a great process that's implemented poorly um, or a, a process that's not properly understood um, and so it's, so you can't implement it properly, you know, so yeah. it's really important to, to hammer down those foundationals, those, those base bedrock principles and to ingrain the right way to accomplish this. So absolutely ultimate driving force is where you can get, is that where you get the, uh, car technique, or I guess Amazon, right? Everywhere. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon uh, Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Perfect. Yeah. And so what, and give us, give us the list, give us that rundown one more time. Get, you got so many things going on right now. What's the book that's about to release? What's the, what's the audio series? Where can people go? Yeah, again? yeah it's, it's really crazy, really fun. Um, for, for the audio series, Blow Your Bolts, it's going to help all the things that have been holding you back from succeeding, be it the the fear, the unknown, the, the self-esteem, whatever it might be, the excuses, all those things. Uh, the audio series that I'll have finished pretty soon is uh, ultimatedrivingforce.com. Go ahead and go to my website there. Get on my email list. There's going to be a lot of new um, launches. I've got a chapter in a book that will be released at some point by Pat Simpkins, which is there are two types of people. And that's yes. going to be good. That's uh, my chapters on leadership, um, developing other leaders instead of developing followers. Uh, of course, the ox cart technique uh, is out there now as an ebook very soon as a hard copy. Uh, just Google it. You know, it's on it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and let me know how else I can help you. Come on over to my website. And I really do want to know if there's some some way I can be of service. And of course, the big thing also is I do speaking. I do keynote speaking, corporate speaking um, all, all around the world. And love to be able to speak uh, for your organization on any of these topics. Help the the people's organizations either create leaders, which is critical for the thing, for change. An another book I've got coming out is helping organizational change. And <clears throat> you're either changing or dying. Great interviews with some of the top people in the country about that from NASA, uh, et cetera. Really, really, really cool things to help the organizations go through these changes. Um, not just to pump people up. I'm not just about motivating people. Rah, 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 rah. There's going to be concrete in anything I do. 
So that's it. That's the rundown of services right now. More at uh, ultimatedrivingforce.com. Come on down. But what a, I, I love the two, like kind of the two big uh, shares that people can buy. The two big things that I feel like people are going to get are the Oscar technique and the uh, the blow your bolts. Blow your bolts, right? Yep. So yep. you get blow your bolts and you get released you find okay. the ways you find those things that are holding you back. And then the ox cart technique, it's like, let's, let's build that system. Now that you're released, let's yeah. go. Let's freaking well go. Oh my yeah. gosh. So the, yeah. the, the combination of these two things is it's a game changer. It's an yeah. absolute game changer. So I'm pumped. I can't wait. I, you, all of you guys here, you don't have to wait because it's out today. That's crazy. Wait, bye. Yeah, absolutely bananas. This is so cool. I love it. Don't wait. Go get it today. Thank you, Terry. Matthew, thanks blessing. so much for having me on here and for everything you're doing to help other people. I mean, it's, you're making a difference in the world. That's why everybody's listening in. You're making a difference in the world. I appreciate it. And everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it. Share it with your friends. Share it on your social media. Help other people get the benefit of what you heard here today. That's really important as we're all just trying to make a difference in the world. Thank you all so much. That is that is absolutely the number one way that this show grows. So if you do like the guests, if you do like coming in here and getting a little boost of motivation, and but really more getting walking away with something tangible that you can put into your life today, if you enjoy that and you like it, share it. I don't don't even give me your money. I don't need it here. <laughs> just just show up. Just show up. Share the show. Talk about the show. And the single most important thing, take the things that we're talking about and go apply them. And if you really want the, the curated and and best version of this, then you, you've got to go get the books. You, the people that have written the books that, that have come on the show, that write books and, and give the talks... This isn't just fly by the seat of your pants. This is well-structured. This is a process and it will walk you through it. So don't waste any time. Go out there, get it today. I love you guys. And I'll see you here again next week for another episode on Real Resilience.